You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 The Reynolds Hotbox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of Three Nights in Reno. I am your host this week, Brooke Blacker, joined today by my co-host, Trey Kroll and Amanda Durand. What's up? We have a very exciting episode planned today with a special guest. So let's get into it. Lots of exciting things have been happening around the NHL this week. Coming off last Tuesday's Frozen Frenzy, where for the first time in the history of the NHL, all 32 teams played on the same day, the league has been very busy to say the least. So last episode, we talked a lot about um, these theme nights that the NHL had come out to ban, you know, no pride tape, um, Indigenous Night, Nevada Day, all those uh, special fun nights. Well, um, I'm assuming given the backlash they received about it, the displeasure from players, they have decided to take back what they said about the pride tape and are now allowing players to use pride tape on their sticks during warm-up only, no jerseys, just tape. What do you guys think? Yeah, so obviously the pride tape was changed, but everything else is kind of still the same. They're making these alternate jerseys, these specialty jerseys that fans can still buy, but the players won't be wearing them. Um, I think I talked about it in the last episode. Like, I think this whole situation is a little bit silly. I think let these players wear these jerseys. It's fun. They all look forward to it. It takes like 15 minutes during the warm-ups, but it's it's a nice step in the right direction, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Uh, when the league uh, officially banned the pride tape uh, type stuff, they were saying, you know, they're doing it because it was a distraction to the game and to the work that these teams were doing in the community. Um, I just frankly think they're wrong. I think this ban has been a dis- more of a distraction than anything prior to the ban. The, you know, just the, oh, you can't wear this. And you know, now you know, they were sending the tape after... Um, you know, they were sending the tape in after Travis Dermont, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, was seen with the tape on his stick, which caused a huge uproar. Um, and now it's just, it's gone. So it's very interesting. You know, I, I'm interested to see what happens with the theme jerseys because obviously, you know, like we're getting to that point in time where it's like people want specialty jerseys. If you're, you know, Golden Knights fans, last Friday was the Nevada Day game and they had Nevada day themed jerseys but the team was not allowed to wear them so it's like well as a player you want you want to have that jersey but the team never wore them so it's kind of weird it's just a weird odd spot to be in no definitely I think like you said Trey like good step in the right direction I mean it's cool that they're giving you know they're not forcing they never force anybody to wear it but if you want to you know use a tape they're giving you the option to um I don't know I think it just sucks about the jerseys like you're saying Amanda like I don't know I think it's cool to be able to it's 15 minutes who's it gonna hurt I mean, to wear a cool Nevada Day jersey to, you know, show your support for the state you play in. I don't know. Um, it sucks, but I get it. I think it's. I think it would just be better if they left it up to, you know, the player. And then, of course, you know, you're going to have players who aren't going to wear pride tape because, you know, their thoughts and feelings on the issue. And then not even the issue, just the subject. And then they're going to get backlash. Well, how come you're not wearing pride tape? But then you get people who are wearing, you know, why do you have the pride tape? Like, it's just I wish it wasn't as big um, – as a deal, as yeah. a deal as it is. You can't please everybody, but I feel like it's just a celebration of, you know, different different types of things. And it's not just the, the pride stuff. It's, like you said, about your own state or maybe celebrating just heritage of different people, different backgrounds. So I think, I don't know, I think that they should totally go back to how it was before. And yeah. I think, really quick, something that, um, you know, they're always really, hockey is for everyone is their huge campaign, right? And how can hockey be for everyone if you're going to ban? I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't correlate like that, but it also, 
does. So I think they kind of need to, I get it, the game is ever-evolving and subjects and people and things and stuff, but I think they need to pick one thing and run with it because the back and forth, the iffy, wishy-washy is just, as a fan, it's like, it's so tiring. Yeah, it's very unfortunate to see just the, the, the back and forth. And honestly, hockey's a very, you know, it's it's a growing sport. It's growing all over the United States and, you know, it's growing a bit in Canada. Originally it was six teams. We're now at 32 teams. We're same size as the, the NFL. We're just not as, you know, not as, not as much of a fan base right now. But I think I think they'll get there. And part of that is, you know, saying, oh, this isn't, hockey isn't a sport that's just for straight white men or something like that you know like uh yeah that's taking it in one very specific direction but i i think if you understand what i'm saying it's it's no, for everyone yeah, you yeah. know and it's yeah it's it's just a jersey they were never wearing them during games it was literally just practice so um i think personally i think the nhl should just like take away their theme night bands and say hey you can deal with this on a team by team basis and go from there um but we'll see we'll see yeah, what happens yeah, i like that well, that's another thing, too, is I know they would always raffle, raffle, auction off those jerseys to, um, you know, for like the, 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 the Golden charity. Knights Foundation, or they would choose a charity. And so, you know, make it about something else that isn't um, pushing a notion one way or the other. Either way, enough about that. Um, let's talk about the Knights now. They're doing off to a great start coming off of a um, – Stanley Cup championship, as we all know. I have to throw that in wherever Ooh. we can. Um, so they're 10 games into the season. No regulation losses with a 9-0-1 record. Um, we have played four games that have gone to overtime or shootout. I know last night's game um, was one in a shootout. But how does this make you guys feel so far? Does it worry you? Um, what do you think? It's, it's tough to say that there's no Stanley Cup hangover. I mean, it's sort of in the middle here. Obviously, they're winning a lot of games. They've won nine out of the ten games they've played. They've gotten a point in every single one of them. But they're just not really playing their best hockey yet. So I guess it's it'd be a good thing. You know, you're not playing your best hockey, but you're still winning all these games. You're getting all these points. Um, I hope that they can avoid going overtime in all these games because down the stretch, it's a long season. This could end up hurting them in the long, in the long run. But at the end of the day, you're winning these games. You can't be complaining too much. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not as opposed to seeing overtime play. I think yeah, it's it's one thing in the especially in the regular season. Like if if you go to overtime play, you're still getting one point in your you know in your standings for your division standings and your overall standings in the league. So it's still a good thing if you're drawing that out to overtime. Even you know, and then if you win in overtime, even better because you're still getting you know both two points. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, you know, for the Knights, uh, obviously we're probably not going to want to try to do that a whole lot. Uh, it's a long season. 82 games is a long season for any sport. And, you know, once you get into the point of, like, well, you're going to overtime, you're going to shootout, you're basically playing an extra 30, 40 minutes of hockey, and that's just, you know, in the regular season when you're playing games every two or three days, it's it's a lot. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's only four games that they've gone to overtime. They're still a 9-0-1 team right now, which is probably the best record for any Stanley Cup uh, championship team coming off a Stanley Cup win, even though they did lose, um, you know, in that uh, that eighth game to the Blackhawks. I, 9-0-1 is a hard record to dispute. Yeah. I don't, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what can you say to that? Yeah, I think the overtime um, losses get even the games that go into overtime just get a little more important um, 
something more to worry about when you're a little bit later in the season and it's a game uh, against a team that's in your division. Because, I mean, you know, for us, it's not really a big deal to give a point away to the Canadians because we're not worried about them really in the long run. But, you know, going to point away to, I don't know, the Sharks, something like that is a little bit more concerning. Oh, giving a point to the Sharks is always yeah, a bad thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, point to the Sharks or the Stars. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't want to give a point to the Stars. The Oilers. Uh, yeah, Kings. <laughs> the, actually, the entire conference. Yeah. yeah give just, any of them we points. just don't want to give points away anywhere. So if the Knights could just continue to win um, in overtime and take losses in regulation sparsely, that would be okay. Yeah. Not a lot. Just, there. So, you know. Okay, um, we are going to take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor, and after the break, we will be joined by our special guest from Vegas, and you just have to stick around to find out who it is. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcast. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School of, of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. How's it going, Ken? Hey. What's up? So, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourselves, I know we know who you are, but um, our viewers don't, so. Uh, my name is Ken Bolke. I'm the founder, create. I don't know what the term is. I, I made the website, uh, sinbin.vegas. Uh, we cover the Golden Knights and have since well before they were even a team. We started back in August of 2015, and they didn't get the team until June of 2016. They didn't play until 2017, so we were around quite a bit before uh, the team even started, and we've been here since and are still kicking and doing it and watching them win Stanley Cups, which is cool. That is incredible. Okay, so I read that you started uh, Sinbin before uh, they got the team. Did you know they were going to get the team? We did not. So uh, my partner Jason and I were in a uh, – we were radio producers for a CBS station at the time. It, it's changed about seven times since. But uh, we were producers, and the host of the talk show that we were producing for asked us what's new with hockey – and we looked up the article, and the article said that like 12,000 people had put down season ticket deposits. And so that was what we told him. And then about a month later, he asked us if anything was new, and that was the same article. And a month later, he asked us if anything was new, and it was still the same article. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. 12,000 people have put down season ticket deposits, and no one's writing an article for three months about an NHL team coming here? Like, what's going on? So we kind of saw a gap in the – in the coverage there that we could potentially fill. And so we launched the site and we're just hoping and we figured, well, if the team doesn't come then we wasted a bit of time for however long we're doing this, but if it does, it, it could be something good. And, and it, the second one happened. Interesting. So that's kind of cool. I've been actually, I got Twitter in 2017 so I could, cause my dad was always showing me your tweets. And so I got Twitter in 2017 so I could like, follow Sinbin and like follow hockey on Twitter. So um, it's really cool, you know, I mean, watching your following grow. Um, how did you manage to get yourself like press access? Because I think that's really cool. So basically what happened was they did some events before the team ever really existed. So there were some ticketing events and there were things of that where they were gathering with people who had 
gotten season ticket deposits and that was kind of exclusive to only season ticket depositors. But then when they were kind of pushing for, they, they did a number of different events where uh, they were doing inclusion events and they did one at UNLV and they were doing like ball hockey events and things of that sort. And basically there was not a lot of media that was covering them. So they were pretty open to just about anyone who was willing to come to cover them. And then from there, you know, you go to seven, eight, nine of those, you start to get to know some of the people that are involved. And then when the team actually gets announced, it's, it's kind of like, well, he's been here the whole time. I don't see why he wouldn't continue to be able to be here. So it was one of those things where it's like almost organic that it, it became like, well, yeah, he, you know, can make sense to be there to do media access. So that's how it kind of started. And that's basically how it's continued. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I was really interested, uh, curious about that. So, okay, like logistics aside, going to um, just the Knights now. So, obviously, we all know they won the Stanley Cup. They're off to a really good start this season. What are they, 9-0-1? Yep. So, what do you think about, you know, the 10 games, only one loss is great, but what do you? how do you feel about all these games going to overtime? Like, what does that say to you? I think it says they're not playing at their absolute best that they can. That doesn't mean that they're playing poorly or, or, you know, whatever, but they could be playing better. You know, there's been what four, three or four overtime games in a row. And, you know, the two good teams that they've played both went all the way to shootout. You know, it, it hasn't been the perfect start in regards to how they're playing, but when the results are what the results are, it's, it's hard to say of anything other than, that they're playing well enough to to get the job done. I think they there's room for improvement. They admitted that last night. Uh, but as far as like why is it going to overtime so much? It's it's a combination of not playing at their best and they're kind of naturally a little bit of a lower scoring team. They they like to defend. They like to pack the middle. And if you do that, you're not going to give them a lot of goals. But also, you're going to spend a lot of time defending uh, and not having the puck, in which case then you're going to be in a situation where you're not able to score as much. So we've seen a few 2-2, 3-3 games where, you know, you look around the league and there was an 8-1 to yesterday. You're seeing some other games that are a lot higher, and we're, we're not really seeing that here, which is closer games mean more overtime. So last year, obviously a really successful season, but no one player had like a huge regular season. I think Jack Eichel led the team in points with like 67 or something, but they have three players averaging a point per game so far this year. Has anybody stood out to you and maybe a guy flying under the radar? I think William Carlson's the one that's not getting enough credit to this point. I'm not sure. Is he one of the guys with the point per game? I believe so. I think he's at 11 right now. Yeah, we, and we, we do see this at the beginning of the year where guys will get off to kind of point-per-game starts in, in smaller spurts, and then over the course of the season, it's a lot harder to, to get that. I would be surprised if anybody outside of Eichel ends up with a point-per-game by the time the season ends. But for me, I think Carlson's been not only the most consistent player that they've had, but he's kind of doing the most with the least, and that's that's not to put down the players that he's playing with, but I, but I think that when you look at Jack Eichel has Marcia so next to him, Mark Stone has Chandler Stevenson next to him. Like you've got a Matteo and whether it's Dora Fiev or Cotter or Howden or whoever else is next to Carlson, he's kind of asked to, to be the driver of a line and, and to be as good defensively as he has been. And he is without question for me, their best defensive uh, center. I think that he's done a lot offensively and he's basically the focal point of the second power play. So for him to step into a role that's a lot more offensive, which has not been something we've seen since the the first season where he scored 43 goals, 
it's it's certainly been impressive to me, and, and I think he can continue playing the way he has. I don't know that the points remain. I don't see him being an 80-point player, but he's had a really good start in the season, and I think more people are focusing on you know, Jack Eichel or Paul Cotter's goals. I think he's leading the team in goals at the moment. A lot of focus has gone there, where for me, Carlson's been the best player on basically like seven of the ten games. He's been in the top three in all of them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up some of those younger guys, you know, Dorofeyev and, and Cotter. Caden Korzak has played a handful of games this year, too. What do you think about the young guys so far this season? I think they're doing pretty well. It's it's always a, a bit of like an up and down ride for some of those guys. And, and I think Cotter's been the one historically that's been what's talked about. And I thought that that kind of started out the first couple of games where there were some good moments. There were some not as good moments. I think the last couple of games, he's starting to really settle in and you're, you're seeing that where he's able to make that explosive play in the middle of the game and yet still not have some of the, the challenging moments that we've seen. They're, they're, defensively, that's where we're starting to see kind of the, the issues where, you know, Pahal didn't have a great game the last game, and then last night I didn't think that was Korzak's best. Is that he was getting blown by a little bit too much, kind of getting finding himself too far up the ice too often. And, and these are things that experience is going to help those guys out. But to have as many of the, as they've had in the lineup so far, which are basically four guys that are, I would, I'm not sure they're all officially rookies, but they're all pretty close and still be 9-0-1. Like that, that really says something for a team that is coming off the cup and tried to keep their roster together. They've had to use some other players and it's still having success. Like it's, it's definitely a good sign for sh- certainly the short-term future, if not the long-term future. Yeah, and I mean, you know, speaking of using you know other players, obviously last you know last season we had the. Uh, five different goalies in goal position and you know this year we have Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson are you looking at uh, one in particular for playing more games or do you think they're both pretty evenly matched looking at a 50-50 split for games played this year coming into the season I thought it was going to be really close to 50-50 and then it started off and it looked like it was leaning a little bit more towards Aiden Hill getting a few more starts so the question was asked to Bruce Cassidy and he effectively said that Aiden Hill's the starter and Logan Thompson's the backup. That doesn't mean that he's going to get every game or that it's going to be some crazy 90% to 10% split. That's not what we've seen. But he definitely said, you know, we're not going to ignore what happened in the playoffs last season. We're not going to ignore what we've gotten out of him. And Aiden or uh, Logan needs to work himself back up to, to getting to the level that he was at. That being said, we're 10 games in. It's 6-4 to four right now. I would assume that Thompson has a good chance to play the next game. And Logan's been really good so far. So I think we're kind of finding our way back to it being closer to 50-50, even though the one time that, that, that Cassidy was asked this season, he did say Hill is the starter. I think we're going to be closer to, like if you were to say, if they were to play all 82 games, I think I'd be surprised if one guy gets more than 55. Really? Okay. That makes sense. We've been talking about that a lot in our podcast, highlighting the two goalies, because I'm a huge fan of Aiden Hill. I like the moves they made to keep him. But I have one more question for you, and then um, we'll let you go. But uh, you brought up Bruce Cassidy. Um, I am a huge fan of Bruce Cassidy. I really like what he done. I mean, he helped them get a cup. But I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on Bruce Cassidy, I guess, compared to the two other coaches that this team has had? I've liked all three coaches that the Golden Knights have had, both personally and the way that they've coached. I think they're, they're I would argue, top 10 coaches, all three of them, which is pretty crazy to think about that they've had three of the best 
10 coaches in the league in, in seven years. That's pretty wild. But I think there's something to the way that Cassidy runs his his team. It's a lot different than the way that the teams have run in the past, which is they are a lot more comfortable without the puck. They kind of just they, they play what's effectively a box-and-one defense. If you follow basketball, you'll understand what that means. Basically what it is is it's a zone, so they have two defensemen standing right in front of the goals. Two defend or two wingers up near the blue line, and then the center can kind of roam and go where he needs, preferably staying in the middle of the ice uh, to keep guys in between the puck and the goal. And that system has really allowed them to allow less goals, block more shots, be more comfortable in defensive zones, so that they're not running around and taking penalties when the puck's down there for too long, which is something that we saw in the past. And then the biggest thing for me with, with Cassidy is just his honesty has been so refreshing. And it's not to say that the other two weren't honest. They were just NHL coaches where Cassidy's been way more upfront with basically anything. You ask him if the goalie is the starter, like I just asked me a minute ago, he'll just flat out tell you. You ask him why he didn't play a guy. He'll tell you exactly what's going on. I remember the playoffs last year, we would ask him about strategies about what's going to happen in the series, and he would tell us not only what his strategy is, but what he thinks the other team's strategy is going to be, and then how he's planning on countering that. It's like, this guy just tells you everything you want to know. It's great. So I've really enjoyed getting to know Bruce, and, and uh, I think the results have kind of bore out that, that this guy's really, really good at this, and I think it was a huge mistake Boston let him go, and then their mistake is uh, Golden Knight's fortune, I guess. No, definitely. I think I think we all agree. I like I said, I love him. I think he's a great coach. It's awesome to see what he's done. But do you guys have any more questions? Uh, yeah, I guess just my last thing is uh, three of their next upcoming five games are against Pacific teams, so within the, the division. How important are those this early in the season? Does it really matter? I mean, it would be bigger if they weren't dominating the division by so much. They're up by eight points after ten games, and a couple of the teams have played a few of a couple fewer games, so maybe that number is closer to five or six or whatever it happens to be. You always want to win your division games. You you know they call them four point games because you get two and they don't get two. I'm I'm not a huge fan of that because there's overtime and whatever that that term is weird to me. Granted, I just used it, so here we are. But I, I mean, it's always good to win these games. I think it's more important the Colorado game, to be honest, which is the game that's not in the division. Uh, that's kind of the closest thing we're going to get to the measuring stick earlier, early in the season. And if they can go out and, and smash Colorado, and even if it's a close game and they can win that game, uh, we're set up to, to really see the Golden Knights potentially run away with the conference, which how they got to the Stanley Cup final last year was winning the conference in the regular season. So if they're able to do it again, pretty good, pretty good uh, plan that they took last year. So, I mean, yeah, you always want to win these games, but if they drop a, if they drop a Pacific division game to Vancouver or whoever it happens to be, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, going right off that, I feel like there's the one question we have to ask. Do you think we're going back to back? I mean, I don't know how you could say anything other than that at this point. Uh, going into the season, I didn't think that it was, was going to happen just because it's so darn hard. And, and I understand that there's a long way to go and there's a lot that has to go right. They've got to stay healthy down the stretch. But to start the season, they haven't been the healthiest team. They're, they're, they're just beating everybody. And, and it seems like any time they need something to happen, it's, somebody steps up and makes it happen. So... I'm certainly not going to predict against them at this moment. Like maybe things change down the road, a big injury, a big moment can potentially change things and derail things. But 
nine oh and one coming off winning the cup and then what if they've won like sixty of their last seventy games in the regular season or something like that. Like I can't pick against them. That was Ken Bolke from Sinbin.Vegas. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to toss it to Amanda for some other hockey news. Yeah, so some unfortunate news coming out of the EIHL, the uh, English Ice Hockey Association. Um, it's been circulating around the, um, the NHL, too, as a former Penguins player in the NHL, Adam Johnson, uh, was unfortunately killed after a collision in a game when he was playing in the EIHL. Um, it was just very sad to see the Penguins honored him uh, last night during last night's game. Um, yeah, the EIHL is now um, requiring that all uh, all of their players wear neck guards to protect their necks um, from skate blades, which is unfortunately how Adam Johnson uh, did die. He uh, during a collision, he caught a skate blade to the throat, um, and it's just a very unfortunate situation. He was only twenty nine. Yeah, really sad stuff. Obviously, condolences go out to his family and and everybody around him, his teammates, and everything. Um, I saw a headline this morning that the NHL might also be having a push for neck guards. So we'll see where that goes. But I think. There's not a lot to say about this. It's just a disappointing story to yeah to hear about. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know everybody forgets the dangers that are involved with playing a sport like this. Um, yeah, it sucks that something like that has to happen to um, you know for that preventative initiative to be taken. But um, who knows what will come of it, and maybe uh, it'll help prevent the same thing from happening to somebody else in the future. So um, following that, that's everything that is going on in the hockey world this week. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back soon, depending on what a professor has scheduled for us coming forward. Um, Either way, you can find us where you get your podcasts um, and on social media at Reynolds Sandbox on Instagram and Twitter. And if you don't hear from us again, go Knights go. Go Knights go.